Hey, good evening, guys. I'm going to share with you Judas, the one who actually betrays or reveals the secret of Jesus. And it's really been misunderstood. And it's primarily because we actually don't do what the scriptures say, which is Paul tells us we're ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, not of the literalness of the word, but of the spirit. <clears throat> and so it says, if you take it only as the surface level and uh, take the, what it's saying, literally offering going to find death because the letter kills, it brings death, but the spirit behind it is life. And so <clears throat> I would just ask you to keep an open mind and go, what if the scriptures are actually more beautiful than we ever thought? What if where we saw any kind of death, we're missing the mark or, or not knowing who we truly are, sonship, that's the only sin, is not knowing who you really are, it's hamartia, not knowing your original identity or form. <clears throat> and, uh, uh, where that abounds, where we don't know really who we are, grace hyper or hooper abounds. It overwhelms it with, with, uh, with life. And so anyway, as I was sharing last week with the Easter service, you guys all know the story. And uh, Judas comes to the Garden of Gethsemane. <clears throat> and in darkness or lack of revelation, he asks, where is Jesus or where is salvation? And he hears a voice in the darkness that says, I am he. Your own awareness or what you believe about yourself in your heart is where salvation is, which makes sense. As, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And, uh, <clears throat> and everybody falls down in astonishment. And then Jesus says this. He says, now that you've found me, let everything else go, but hold on to me. And so really we see in this, he immediately lays down his life or he says he repents and then he hangs himself on a tree. Where really, if you look at the spirit of that, it says, I realize I can attach myself to anything I desire. I die to what I don't want. I, I literally repent and uh, now hang myself on the tree. I realize I can attach myself to anything I want. So I die to old thoughts and I come alive to what I do want. And uh, it's really fascinating because then in the on the fellowship calls, which we do Thursday nights and Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Mountain, and anybody can join us at freedomministries.live and the password's freedom, all lowercase. We, we go into this stuff. We, we dig into it more. And <clears throat> my friend Chris said, well, what about Acts 1? Where if that's really true, what about uh, uh, Judas being exchanged for somebody else as one of the apostles? And we'll go through that tonight. So anyway, uh, <clears throat> this whole thing, even though it's the very end, when we lay down this suit, we, when we lay down this cross of humanity, these grave clothes, is we're going to be redeemed. The spirit is eternal. We go back to oneness. We go back to God, where we came from, where we were birthed out of. But in the meantime, it's daily. And that's why that Paul says this. He says, die to yourself daily and pick up your cross. If you want to be like Jesus, if you really want salvation, you got to learn this art. You got to learn of dying to what you don't want, denying yourself. That doesn't mean giving up earthly pleasures. Uh, he goes, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Denying yourself is, here's my current state. The outer man, the flesh man, is revealing this is who you are. This is what your bank account says you are. This is what your relationships say you are. This is what your uh, current situation, everything dominated by your physical sense is who you are. But here's where salvation is. You can die to yourself that day and raise up within yourself a new idea of who you are, the resurrection. And so right there, it should tell you that cross is symbolic because unless you're walking around with two wooden sticks, we were kind of joking about it, unless you literally are carrying two wooden sticks around with you everywhere, then you're not taking the scriptures literally by definition. 
And good thing, because that's not what it's talking about. He says, if you want to, if you want salvation, if you want to be like Jesus, die to yourself daily, resurrect the new life you want day after day after day. And it's really this journey of realizing the greatest secret of all that uh, Judas reveals or betrays. He reveals the secret is Christ in you. The hope of glory is the greatest secret. And so that's what he's really come to do. So let me just show you Acts 1. <clears throat> and uh, let me find this. Make sure I've got the right thing. All right. So, um, <clears throat> so here they are. So Acts 1, I'm going to start in verse 6. And then I'll go down to um, <clears throat> the, the very question. I'll probably take two, two weeks on this because there's so much in it. But anyway, Acts 1, 6, it says, They all came together. And they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So they're asked, the question they're asking is, uh, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? And they were looking for an external God. They were looking for Jesus Christ outside of themselves. And they thought there was going to be a physical Messiah come to a physical Israel <clears throat> to, uh, to restore the kingdom. Now, he answers. So all of this, we should immediately go, the answer he's giving you is about the kingdom. And so he says this in verse seven. So Jesus replies, it is not for you to know times or seasons. Those things were fixed by the father. Winter comes and goes, summer comes and goes. It's not about seasons. It's not about anything you can see with observation with your eyes. <clears throat> and so what he's saying to him, that's not what this is all about. Verse eight, but, or instead, Instead, it says this, he says, you will, or lambano, he said, instead, why don't you do this? Instead of worrying about times and seasons, which are going to come and go, the father's already put those in. Instead, <clears throat> actively lay hold of, which is lambano, power, when, it's, it sounds like a question of when, um, but he just said it's not about a time, because now is the time, is what, what the revelation was, the kingdom's within you. So this isn't when, when you look at it, it's the definite article, it's the word the. So he's saying, instead of worrying about winter, summer, when these times are going to take place as if it's going to happen in the future, why don't you actively hold the power, the Holy Spirit uh, has already come upon you. That's what's really interesting. That is fitting for you. When he tells Paul, he says, Paul's asking for an external God to, to change him. And he says, my grace is okay for you. I've already given you everything you need. And so he says, why don't you lay hold of the power in the spirit that's already fitting upon you? It's already come. It's ARS tense. So it's not something that's going to happen in the future. It sounds like it when we put these words when in there, but it's actually the definite article of that. So he's saying, why don't you actively hold of the spirit that's already come upon you and it's for you? Then you will be my witnesses <clears throat> in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all over the world to the ends of the earth, to literally the ends of the world. And so it's not going to be a... a a physical lake location like Israel, it's going to be everywhere. And this, this word is pretty interesting too. If you look at it, it's martyr where we, it's martus, where we get a uh, martyr where, and I was thinking about this is how many, how many Christians, tens of thousands, maybe millions, because they think a witness is like <clears throat> standing up in the face of everything to prove that you know who God is. And if you go look at it, here's what it says. One who is mindful or heeds this. Hello. And so he says, instead of worrying about this stuff, why don't you actively receive the power that's already come upon you? Because this is what the kingdom's all about. Then you'll be witnesses or you'll pay attention to this everywhere. Everybody will, will be a, a witness of this in the entire world, which is really pretty interesting. <clears throat> now I'm going to go down 
uh, well, let me just share this is the answer. Remember, he's talking about when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? So he's talking about the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus says, without parables, I don't teach. I, I teach in parables. I teach in stories to tell you an eternal truth. Do you remember any other stories he talks about the kingdom? He talks about it a lot. I'm just going to give you a couple of them. Because in his answer here, he's going to answer the exact same way as the parables of the kingdom, if you look at it spiritually. So he says this. <clears throat> Let me just, uh, I wrote some notes. Luke 17, 20. This is almost the same question. So when asked by the Pharisees, it says this. When asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, it will not come with observable signs, meaning this isn't about anything you can see because the secret that's been hidden for ages that Judas reveals is within you. I am the resurrection and the life. Your own, uh, your own understanding of who you really are within, that what you see within will become real in your life, is the kingdom. That's the power of the kingdom. That's the power of the spirit. So Jesus replied, it will not come with observable signs, nor will anybody say, look over there, or it's coming over here, or he's going to come back on a cloud in the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. I'll show you that's not even what it's talking about. <clears throat> because if you take it literally, you're going to miss the whole story. And it's way better when you take it spiritually. So he says, it's not over there or not over here. For behold, look, get revelation. The kingdom is inside of man. It's not Jesus Christ outside of man. It's Jesus Christ inside man. And then he gives you a bunch of parables, which I'll just give you a couple. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, kingdom is the Greek word basilia, which is royal rule and reign. And he says this. He goes, it's the father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. And this kingdom is inside of man. And you have the reign in life like a king. It's the father's good pleasure to give you his royal rule and reign. Not somebody else's, God himself, the king of kings. He goes, I've given you my royal rule and reign. So wouldn't that be nice to know the keys? And that's what Judas reveals. Once you've found me, put to death everything you don't want daily, hold on to what you do want, and you'll see that resurrected in your life because the heart has the power to bring it to pass all by itself. And so I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you, I'm, I'm going to read it how it's, it says, whatever you bind on earth will be what's being bound in the spirit or the heavens. And whatever you loose on earth will be what you're loosing in, in the spirit. And it literally is, if you go look at it, <clears throat> the tenses are really important here. So it says, to bind means you attach yourself to something, which is yud heh vav heh, Yahweh. Yahweh, the power of God, that what you see, it's a hey, attaches yourself to what you see, what you pay attention to. That's literally yud heh vav heh. And Judas is yud heh vav heh with a delet. So the doorway to salvation, the doorway to Jesus, the doorway to Yahweh, is what you see within. Here's the secret. What you see within attaches yourself to it. Same thing as what he's saying here. I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind or whatever you're attached to on earth, whatever you're experiencing right now, guys, has nothing to do with anything outside of you. It doesn't have to do with the government. It doesn't have to do with fighting anything. It doesn't have to, uh, I, I see a lot of people, they, they, they pray to this outside God. They think, uh, they think the government's responsible. They think the, this is responsible. And Jesus himself says, listen, come on, guys, Caesar, the world system is going to be around forever. The religious system is going to be bound forever. They don't have anything to do with my life unless I give them my life. Because I lay down and pick up my life. Your own awareness, what's in you, is the secret. He's in you. <clears throat> and so anyway, 
here's what it says is whatever you see yourself already enjoying or binding yourself to is what you're going to be living out. And whatever you don't, whatever you lose, it's just like Rhonda Burns was talking about when you lose anger, when you lose all these things where you just let it, you're aware of it, you just let it go. It's no longer part of your life. So he says, whatever you're free from is what you've freed yourself from in the spirit. Now, uh, this should be really interesting because a lot of you guys have been around um, deliverance ministries and what are they always binding? They're always binding some situation. They're always binding the devil. Guess what they're actually doing? They've got this backwards. They're getting a whole lot of devil. I bind this situation. You're actually attaching yourself more to that situation. Why don't you loose yourself to the situation and bind yourself to the solution? Meaning, Judas, now that you found me, let everything else go. So what would be salvation in your life is what he's saying. So what would be salvation in your life is, I, I have this current situation. I'm going to loose that. I let that go. I die to that. But I'm going to bind myself to the answer. Now you found the secret to Jesus. You revealed the secret. It's within you, your own awareness, your own I amness, what you believe in your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's the secret. That's the secret that's been hidden for ages is the creative spirit of God is within you. It's Christ in you. So anyway, let me just go down and I'll show you one more. Um, oh, no, you know what? I, I better go through this. <clears throat> just the other thing. So remember, he's answering the answer uh, about the kingdom. So I'm going to give you a couple more. Matthew 13, 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure and it's hidden within. It's hidden in a field. But when a man finds this treasure and he finds it concealed, I'm just reading it in the proper tense. In English, it doesn't look like that. But if you look in Greek, um, how it's actually written, it says, when you find that it is concealed in your joy, you went out and sold everything else you had because this is the most valuable thing you could ever find. And you bought that field. You're going to see this show up here. That he, Jesus is teaching these parables. And then, of course, you have the parable of parables or the teaching of teaching uh, or the learning of learning, which is this. He's, and it's, it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's in three of the Gospels. Your heart is the soil. It says the sower so goes out to sow seed. And he says, if you don't know this story, you're going to miss every story because you're going to interpret him letter by the letter and miss the story because you're not going to understand how the kingdom works unless you know how this story works. And the parable of parables, he summarizes it and he says, your heart is the soil. It's, your, it's the womb of man. It's what creates within you effortlessly. The good soil, you know, everybody's worried about this kind of soil, that kind of soil. Let's just focus on the good soil. Let's go to the end because I don't want the other soil. I want the soil that produces a harvest. 30, 60, 100 fold. It says the good soil, which is your heart, clings on to the seed. It literally says the good soil holds and clings on to the seed. What is that seed? Your thoughts is what he says. What you emotionally and physically see within your, the, I'm not physically, I'm sorry, what you spiritually and emotionally feel and see within, within your mind's eye is the seed. And the good heart, it clings to only that. Judas, now that you found me, let every idea about yourself go. Hold on to only me, the thing that'll save you. So what would save you if you were sick is seeing yourself completely whole, not praying for sickness, not binding sickness. You actually get more sickness. Not trying to prove God outside of yourself, go within. And what you do within, it gives another parable. Hey, what, when you pray, don't be like the Pharisees and everybody who's praying out loud, you know, thus saith the Lord. You go in your closet, meaning nobody can see this thing. And But everybody will see what you've been doing inside you because out of the bounds of the heart, your life speaks. It speaks. Everybody sees you. And so anyway, um, 
The good soil is the heart that holds on to the seed, only what they want, planted in the heart. And that seed, that heart, has the power within itself to bring about the harvest of what you're seeing within. The seed has the power in itself somehow to draw everything it needs to itself and, and resurrect that life and bring that, whatever that seed that you planted in your heart, um, to pass. Now, so if Judas is really the revealer of this great secret, what about in, in uh, Acts 1? where it says uh, he's being um, betrayed and they replace him. So I'm just going to go that and I'm going to start back from the beginning in, in seven. So we'll probably take two lessons to get here. So anyway, um, let's go down to verse 15. In those days, so days are always revelation. All right. So in, the, in this revelation, Peter stood up or rose himself up or had revelation among the brethren, the gathering of about 120. Now, if you look at it, uh, 120, the, the, the Aaronic blessing, the priestly blessing in, uh, in numbers, if you want to go look at it, this is the, what, the, what was told the physical blessing to the people of Israel was represented by the Hebrew letter Semek, which is number 60. So you're always going to see, if you look at 120, where somebody goes from being flesh dominated, the, the life of the flesh, to spirit dominated, the life of the spirit. So two times 60, two times the earthly blessing is 120. Moses was how old when he went into the promised land? So Moses, when this, he, he, went, he went from the flesh-dominated man to the spirit-dominated man. So Moses was 120. There are 120 people when they realized the blessing within them, the double portion. We see that in Elijah gives the double portion to Elisha. It's always being flesh-dominated to spirit. And that's the whole journey, guys, is we were born of the flesh. God became man from the beginning. He hid himself in these earthly garments, in these grave clothes. God became man so that we can live. And our life now is we learn to become who we really are. That's the whole, that's the whole message. And so anyway, so in this revelation of the double portion of sonship is really what he's saying. 120 people realizing I'm not flesh anymore. There's Christ in me. So in this revelation of 120, he says this, brothers in scriptures. Now, what's really interesting, if you look at brothers, just the, the whole the whole uh, symbolism here of the same womb. Isn't that interesting? So he's talking about giving birth to life again. Of the same womb, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold through the mouth of David concerning Judas, the doorway to God, the one who reveals the secrets of Jesus, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. Now, because we're only taking at the letter, most of you guys have only read this story and heard this story through Judas is a bad guy, and uh, he betrays Jesus, and now all the people know how to come and arrest him. Ah, that's the letter. That kills. But let's read it through the spiritual lens. Where's life in this? Where is the, where is the grace in this? So Judas became a guide. If you go look at guide, it's a leader, an instructor, and a teacher. Uh-oh. Judas became the leader, the instructor, and the teacher for Peter and the other disciples. How, this is how we get to Jesus. They all left, remember. They all bailed. They were scared and left Jesus in the garden. Judas held on to him. I'm getting rid of everything else. I'm holding on to this. And then Peter is acknowledging he was our teacher. He was, the, he was the leader. He was the one who showed us how to do this. Now let's look at arrested Jesus, arrested salvation. I'm going to click on this so you see it. It's soon Lombano, from soon and Lombano. So soon is together with expression. And I'm going to just go down to helps word studies. So soon. 
identified with, joined closely together in tight identification, closely identified together. So Judas is the instructor and teacher to be closely associated with Jesus, salvation, and identified with Jesus, and Lombano. Lombano is to actively lay hold of, take possession of this thing. That's Remember what Jesus was answering? When's the kingdom going to come? They're looking for a time frame. And he goes, it's right now. Why don't you actively lay hold of the power that is the spirit within you that's already been given to you? It's active right now is what it says. So this word lumbano is the same lumbano where it says, when you ask, you shall lumbano or you shall receive so that your joy may be full. He's sharing the kingdom, guys. So he says, um, and and that word ask is not praying to an outside God. Lord, do this. I know you're doing something. No, you've got the wrong God. (laughs) Salvation. He's given it to you. It's within you. You don't have to prove him to anything. How you will prove God is actively lay a holding of what you desire within, and the whole world's going to see. It's going to be a witness of what you're doing within. So anyway, um, lay hold aggressively. So it says when you desire something, you get the emotional part as if it's already yours. Active lay hold of it's already yours, and you actively lay hold of it. You will have it, and your joy is going to be full. So let's read this now with Revelation. Guys, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. You're going to go from a flesh man, the 120, and realize that's Esau, the hairy man, the external man, the man born of a mother's womb, a literal womb, to the Christ man, the spiritual man, where the spirit, Jacob, dominates the flesh. And now you're going to become the man, Israel, the man who rules as God, or one who has revelation, Ra sees he's God. And that's what he's saying. Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold through the mouth of David concerning Judas. He was our instructor. He was our guide. He was our teacher so that we could closely associate, identify with, and lay hold of salvation. Very interesting. Now, I'm going to give you a couple testimonies, and then we'll go back to, we'll just see. I'm not going to go much longer here because I don't want it to be long, but maybe like eight to 10 minutes. And I'll, I'll do, I'll start in seven, but he's answering the kingdom. So Judas, you found salvation. What would save you in any situation? It would lay down the life you don't want and actively take up your cross, pick up this cross, this flesh of humanity, these two wooden sticks that are crossed. If you put out your hands, you look like two wooden sticks crossed. That was the cross to them. That's a left off from the beginning. You had, you revolved to Christ. And so anyway, um, lay down the part of your don't let, you don't want Judas and hang yourself on the tree. Whatever you want, attach yourself to it. Attach yourself to your own tree, Judas, is what he's saying. So anyway, <clears throat> I want to share a couple testimonies. So a while back, my friend Gilmore Gabriel, he shared, uh, uh, he shared this. He said um, he signed up with a talent agent for several years. He goes, all I kept getting was no's and no's and no's for an acting job in Los Angeles. And uh, I kept no, kept no, kept no, kept no. And he said, then I started to do what you told me to do seriously. And he goes, I started to actively believe I already have it. Well, if I already have a successful acting career, he goes, I felt the joy of already being successful, of already enjoying success in acting. And uh, I saw myself as successful in acting. And he goes, in about a week, his agent calls and he says, I'm just going to use what he said, literally, he goes, dude, you got to sit down for this one. And so after years, the agent's like, no, 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 no. After a week of just going, I believe I already have it. I am. I'm going to resurrect the life that I already want. I am successful. I'm, so he saw himself already enjoying the emotion he had, the joy he had, 
of already being a successful actor. In one week, the calls and he says, dude, you need to sit down for this one. And uh, the testimony I shared back in March, he goes, I can't really tell you what it is, but it's a national phone carrier <clears throat> and they booked it. He goes, in fact, they're gonna book another one. So I'm getting ready for service tonight and I've got the masters on and I hear this voice and I look over, I go, oh my God, there's Gilmore on a commercial, a golf commercial, on the masters it's an at&t wireless commercial guys you'll probably see it if you watch the masters tonight or tomorrow so just look for this good looking asian guy my friend gilmore and uh this young girl his daughter golfing in the masters it's an at&t commercial that was the reality in one week he resurrected what he planted in his heart the whole time if you if you were if you've been praying lord please let me be successful i bind anything that's keeping me away from being successful, you're attaching yourself to everything that you want to be un unsuccessful. But why don't you attach yourself to what you already desire? Believe you have received it. We're not praying, we're thanking God for what we already have. I see what I have and I'm giving joy because I'm feeling the joy in my mind and this beautiful life that I'm already live, currently living real time, within a week it happened on AT&T wireless commercial. How cool is that? So I just think that's awesome. He died to everything he didn't want. I, I'm tired of the nose. I'm going to see myself that I already have the success I want and start to live in that reality. I am the resurrection in life, his own perception of himself. So this works in anything. It's the God of Israel. It's the name of the God of Israel or the character. Name was always the character that every generation forever and ever is going to know. And that character is I am. I am that I am. You will be who you see yourself within. I don't care how dead the situation is. I don't care how dire the situation is. Die to that. Repent from that. Turn all thoughts away from that. The good soil is the heart that only holds on to what they literally want, as if it's already real. And somehow the heart knows how to bring that to pass in ways we know not how. And he shared a little more of the story where um, at the last minute, this guy canceled who was supposed to do this AT&T commercial. And this, they said, hey, don't you got that? Don't you got this guy, uh, Gilmore Gabriel? um we want to do give him a national commercial at&t wireless how's that for for resurrection of life for what he wants in his heart somehow the heart brings it to pass with no effort on your own he couldn't have made that up guys so i think that's really cool so now let's go to uh i'm just going to start right back up here and we'll probably only get through this um through for seven through ten um because i want to save the rest probably in two services because there's so much stuff in here so anyway all right. So remember the question. They come together with him, just like the Pharisees. Lord, when are you going to restore the kingdom? He's like, it's not going to come with anything you see, because this kingdom is not outside of man. It's in your heart. It's, it's someplace hidden. And he says, hey, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. But instead, why don't you actively lay a hold of the power of the spirit that's already been given to you? Say or is tense. It's meaning with ongoing effects. You already have this thing. Then everybody in the world will understand how this works. Now, this is where it kind of gets fun right here. All right. So so it says after he said this, but listen, guys, we're, we're not talking about times. He just said it's not about time. So let's before you think, you know what the scriptures say, let's look at what they really say after. That sounds like a time. No, it says equally also at the same evenly. So in the same way or evenly, he had said <clears throat> the answer came. What's he answering? He's answering how the kingdom works. In the same way, he answered this way. They watched, they watched, uh, perceived or discerned, 
he was taken up. Now, it doesn't say that when you look at it. It says to raise up or lift up. So they also taught this is they, they discerned a lifting up and a cloud hid them from their sight, hid him from their sight. Oh boy, he doesn't say this. So, and he taught this as I wrote some notes. They perceived and were raised up within and a cloud. Let's, let's look at cloud, right? This is where if you take it literally, everybody's still looking for this cloud somewhere. But he goes, it's not a time or a place, guys. It's in you. So let's look at cloud, nephel. But if you go look at it, here's where I really, I go back to the Hebrew guys every time now. I've just learned. So if you go look at Thayer's lexicon, the Septuagint. Septuagint is the Greek Here's the Greek words that were used in the Old Testament, which were the scriptures that Paul's talking about. And we see this ayin nun nun. Ayin means to see or have revelation or perceive. And nun nun is a seed of life or an heir and an heir, two heirs. This sounds like the double portion of sonship. Nun nun, the heir of heirs. They perceive the heir of heirs. They perceive sonship. Now you can also look at it like this. We see clouds somewhere else. Like if you see a cloud, a physical cloud here, I'm just going to show you, give you some ideas of where else do we see this concept? We see Isaiah 55, uh, verse 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, uh, neither are your, your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Just as rain and snow fall from heaven, so your thoughts are like rain and snow falling from a cloud, and do not return without water in the earth, so the spirit, the cloud, has what activates the seed within you. It's, we'd actually the seed of seed. So thoughts, just like a cloud, just like when you see physical rain and snow fall from heaven, and do not return without water in the earth, and make the earth bud and sprout, and provide seed to sow and food to eat. That's what he's talking about here, okay? So this cloud is the perception of the seed within itself to give life or the seed of seeds, the, the seed of seeds, all right? So everybody should with me. I just want to just look at my notes. Cloud, the Hebrew word, ayin nun nun. They perceived they were sons, the son of sons, the heir of heirs. And scripture has multiple layers, guys. So they perceived sonship, the double portion of sonship. They also perceived the seed of seeds or they were the heirs of heirs. They perceived their heart, they perceive that within themselves, there's a seed that produces offspring, all right? So let me just keep going. And this cloud hid, and a cloud hid. No, that's not what it says, they perceived. So let's go look at hid. It's really, it's really interesting. Hupolumbano. So this is being actively hold of about something again, guys. To receive or assume. So it literally means, um, if you go look at this, they perceived they were sons. They perceived within themselves they had a seed that produced life. And this, they actively hold, lay hold of this idea because he's teaching about the kingdom. And this, him, it's just this, this thing that he was taught was hidden from their sight. Doesn't that sound like the kingdom? Sounds like the kingdom to me. They were, or I am, they're, here's who they were aware. That's really what it means when you, when you look, click on it. I am, they were, looking intently, actively gazing into the sky as he was going. It sounds like time again, but he just said it's not about time. So this is just stuff the interpreters put in, guys. So they were actively gazing into the sky, the spirits, the Uranus, Oranon. 
And as he was going, and what what they were intently gazing on was going or went on a journey. That's really what it means. When suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Where else do we see two men dressed in white? I'm going to show you. Because <laughs> the kingdom is always the same. All the stories are the same. And those two men dressed in white were right next to them or near them. It's this nearness. They realize the kingdom's right now. So let's go look at these two men dressed in sight. All right. And white clothing. In their minds, white is always righteousness, these linens, so angels. Let's look at, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she bent down to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head, other at the foot. Remember way back in Genesis, he says the entrance back into the kingdom is between the two cherubim, two heavenly angels. And where is the cherubim? It's in the Ark of the Covenant. It's on, it's it's held up by two men, two, two wooden sticks, if you go look at it. And those two wooden sticks are you and I. We are the Ark of the Covenant. We are the one. But between our two halves of cherubim, these two white angels within, is where everything happens. I'll just give you a little taste here because we'll maybe teach on this later. But if you're going to take this little, you have this picture of Mary standing outside the tomb weeping and as she wept she went down and she saw two angels right but let's just look at what this says even but mary now i'm gonna i'll show probably next week it's it's the hebrew word mariam and this is really interesting because it's going to show up later the sister of aaron also a man of judah isn't that interesting mary is a sister of aaron also a man of Judah. Remember, he's talking about the kingdom and Judas is the entrance to the kingdom, the doorway. But Mary, a man of Judah, she's going to give birth to salvation. And it's going to be between two angels within. It's going to be between, between her two cherubim. Stood outside. So it's a prolonged form to stand or take a stand outside. Where is she? Outside something, the tomb. Now, if we look at tomb, it can be a literal tomb. It can be a sepulcher remembrance memory says i'm going to give you the holy spirit and bring all things to remembrance so a man of judah realized the secret mary stood outside she was outside her remembrance and she was weeping and as she wept she bent down let's see what it actually bent down it says to peer in look intently to peer in she peered in into what she peered in it says to look into the tomb she peered into her remembrance and she saw who she was. She saw that salvation comes between the two angels, the two halves of our cherubim. Anyway, that's not what I wanted to talk to you about tonight, but I just thought that was cool when you go look in that. So he's telling the same story over and over and over. Suddenly they realize this salvation is within me. These two, these two men dressed in white between my two cherubim. Now he says, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? This same Jesus who's been taking you from heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him going to heaven. Now, Men of Galilee, this is really interesting. Men of Galilee, if you go look at Galal, and I wrote some notes on this too. So Galal, every word means something in scripture, guys. Men of Galilee, it's from the Hebrew word Galal. It's Gamel, Lamed, Lamed, Lamed of Lameds. All right, Galal, guys, is a camel or a benefit, and it's a rising up and brings you to the end where the, the benefit is of the Lamed Lamed. Now, Lamed is a shepherd's staff. It also means to learn something or the teaching of teachings. This is the, this is the parable of parables, right, guys? Here's what he says. 
men of Galal, men who arose, rose up in their revelation and understood the teaching of teachings, the Lamed, Lamed, Gamed, Gamel, Lamed, Lamed. You guys know the secret to the kingdom. You men of Galilee, raise up within yourself and see the benefit of the parable of parables, the Lamed, Lamed. And he said, why do you stand here? Now, why can be what, which, what, when, or uh, why, that, so here's, I'm going to just, when you get through it to it, it says, why do you stand here? And uh, what you take a stand with, what you firm fix on, looking or, or seeing or perceiving in the spirit, this same salvation who has been taken from you into heaven. And literally, if you go dig into this really good, guys. So this same spirit, this thought that's been raised up from in you and gone into the spirit, will come back it says it really it says to come it goes on a journey the seed that you planted in your heart goes on the journey it goes from one place and come back to another so it goes from the spirit remember he's teaching about the kingdom whatever you plant in your heart so it's a spiritual seed comes back as the physical seed it'll come back to the physical reality you men who understand the parable of parables what you fix your gaze on that is going to be salvation that same jesus that what you fixed, what you saw within in the heavens will come back, go on a journey and go from one place to another, come back in the physical in the same manner that you saw it in the spiritual. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop there because I'm I'm I'll do the rest where how Matthias replaces Judas and, the, and everything else. But guys, he's teaching the kingdom. Don't only read it by the letter, even though that's glorious is what it says. The fleshly covenant was glorious. Moses, the, the, the body of flesh is going to fade away. But the spiritual truth in this that rises up in your heart is the double portion. It's the sonship. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. This is how the kingdom works. So just do this. Just like, just like uh, uh, oh, you know, I'm going to read a testimony. And so I heard this and that'll be the end because this is how you do it. What do you want? When you found salvation. So whatever you perceive with your physical senses that you are not, I, I perceive that I'm not wealthy. I perceive that I, I'm, I'm not full of joy. I perceive that I don't have good relationships. I perceive that I don't have health. Well, the real you, the spirit within you is perfect in every way. The true you is within you. It's Christ in you. Raise up that man. So now become, this works any, any way you want it. Just start to see yourself. I am that man that already has this. I am that man that already is. So I was listening to this service that Neville was doing from a long time ago. And he says this, crucify Jesus. And this talks about Barabbas and, and Jesus, which I'll talk about next week, where they pick, they get you, you loose Barabbas, which is the thief. It's the, it's what you see with your natural senses, which steals from you because it looks like I'm not this. Well, change it, die to that and become who you want in your mind's eye. So they said the whole drama of the death and burial of resurrection of Jesus, which happens at Golgotha or the skull, or in Greek, it's uh, Calvary, um, which is cranium. So this whole thing happens between the two cherubim, the two angels dressed in white that's already here. It's within me. So it says this whole drama takes place at Calvary within your mind. You must release the thief and crucify the Lord. Attach yourself to what you really want. You must earn the art of, you must learn the art of doing it. I can tell you best by a case history I just received, the testimony. This is what this woman told me. She had a neighbor, a woman who had been divorced for 19 years, who was up to her ears in debt. That's the flesh man. That's the thief speaking, guys. She worked hard, but she could not get beyond a day to existence. She could not afford a vacation. She 
she had one due. And in four weeks, college was starting and her son wanted to go to college. She had no money to pay it. There was no means which to send him. So she had prayed over a problem, but she had, she's gotten nowhere. And then they asked this woman who wrote the letter to pray for her. So this woman knew how to pray. You see yourself as what you already want, let everything else go. This lady explained to her this teaching that I'm giving you right now. She asked her first, what do you really want? Well, this woman had been divorced for 19 years and she lost faith in men. She still said, above everything else, in my heart, I wanna be happily married and out of debt. <coughs> Every night for a month, this lady went to her neighbor's house and talked with her. She made her think of qualities she most wanted in a husband, gentleness, kindness, tolerance, attentiveness, honesty, all the qualities she felt a man should have, she had to name over and over. And then the lady asked her, can you feel the embrace of such a man in your mind, guys? You actually feel it in your senses, not your physical senses, but it becomes real to you. And the other lady said, yeah, I think I can. And then she did something else. She went through the marriage ceremony with her neighbor, the part of putting on the ring and hearing the words pronounced the couple of man and wife. So in her imagination, guys, every night, she's actually going through the marriage ceremonies if it's real. Then she left her neighbor with the suggestion that she sleep with those last thoughts and promised her if she did that in her sleep, everything she saw would come to pass. They did this for four weeks. A man came into her office, the office of the neighbor and talking, he asked where she was going for vacation. She was ashamed. She confessed that she was not going anywhere. She said she thought she might go up to the high Sierras. The man said, then you must be my guest. I own a hotel up there. He booked rooms for three of them. This woman, her son, and the lady who helped her pray. The man was very kind and helpful. He told the woman he had lost his wife a few months before, but he also told her that would never marry again. Hey guys, lay aside everything that's not life and only hold on to life. So in the natural, it's like, oh, this isn't it. The woman had grown fond of him and was distressed by this and told the lady who had helped her, what do I do now? He, he said he's never gonna remarry. He said so. The lady said, you are happily married. We're not gonna discuss this any further. Meaning she's already believed it in her mind's eye. You, you've already seen yourself married. It's irrelevant, it's done. Sleep every night in, that in, in the feeling of having a wonderful husband, a man who has these qualities you desire. We're not going to discuss this anymore. You, you've already been married in your mind's eye. Believe you have received it, and you will. That was two years ago. She's been married to this man for two years. She changed his mind about marrying again. And if it wasn't him, guys, don't attach yourself to a particular event, a particular person. Just see the end as if you already have it. and Let God bring you the right one. In this case, it was that man. He is sending this woman's son through college. So remember, she goes, my true desire is I want to send my son through college. Well, my heart, I see myself, my son already enjoying college. Ah, this, not only am I going to, this, my heart's going to bring me the event as if it's already done. So he's sending the woman through college. She said recently to the lady who had helped her with this teaching, you have no idea how kind and good he is. He's wonderful. The woman said, I don't have this idea. She said, we set up these qualities with you and helped you do it for over a month. You think I don't know what he's like? Ah, Judas, lay everything else down, guys, and see your life how you want it to be. Die to yourself. Pick up the real cross. Pick up the real you that you want. Believe it's already real. In your imagination, in your emotions, go through it as if it's already real. And that is the parable of parables. Your heart, those seeds you plant, as if you see it and feel it as if it's real, in your heart, your heart will miraculously, that old man, that old person died. Hold only on to what you want and your heart will miraculously bring it to pass in ways you know not how. It does it effortlessly for you. That's the parable of parables. God bless you guys.